We've been talking about faith. If you've been here, you hope you've learned something, received something. This is the last Sunday we'll be on faith, but we're talking about there's more in God. Right over here is one in the front. And, uh, you know, we started off this series in faith. We start off about by how you see things. Do you see things with the eye of faith? You know, we talked about the feeding. Jesus said, feed the 5,000. What do you have? And one of them said, we don't have nothing. He said, we ain't got enough money. If we, even we had a town close by, we don't have enough money to feed all these people. And the little boy had the fishes and the loaves. Y'all know what that is? You know, y'all think about loaves. We think about loaves like this. Jesus got breaking up. No, the loaves were crackers. And the fish fit right on the cracker. And Jesus fed the 5,000 with crackers and sardines. Huh? What do you see? And so we're going back to that a little bit right now. We're going back, we're going back to, the, to, to, to where you live or where are you living? Let's ask that question. And where we need to live. And, and there's always more in God. How many know that God has more for you? I don't care how much money you got, how strong you are. God has more for you. And God wants more for you, more for your family, more for everything in life. And uh, so Luke... 18.8, why did I teach you on faith? This scripture right here. Look at the last part of it. It's, I tell you that, you know, that he will avenge them speedily, but nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Wave at me say, yeah, he's got it right here. You have faith. The Bible, we've been through this. The Bible teaches that every man has faith. He has given to every one of us faith. When you, got, you had enough faith to get saved. You heard the gospel, the good news that Jesus died on the cross for you. You got up and walked down the aisle or somebody shared with you and you said, you know what? I need that Jesus. And that's faith reaching out by faith, grabbing hold of what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen. That he died, that he rose again. <clears throat> we talked about it uh, that, that in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you have to believe it in your heart. We went over that you're a spirit. You have a mind and you have a body. Your spirit. Paul said, I'll serve God with my spirit. The Bible says, renew your mind. I've talked to you about your spirit should be king, your mind should be your servant, and your body should be your slave. You got to put that body down. Y'all hear that ice cream calling me? It's a, a strawberry. It's at the house. and That's your flesh. That's your flesh. And so it will call you. Your flesh will control you if you let it. The Bible talks about your stomach controlling you and your mind. Your mind and your body will team up against your spirit. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You, is, you, is anybody other than body ever talked to you? You know, you're hungry right now. Your body's talking. Run up that hill to the next building. Just run up that hill. It's not that far. Yeah, your body be going, what is wrong with you? Your body will talk to you. Your side will start cramping. Your knees will start hurting. Your ankles will start giving out. That's your body talking to you. And your mind, that's where you worry. The mind is the gateway to your spirit. So get a hold of your mind and quit thinking wrong thoughts. And, and here's the thing too. Faith is built by the Word of God. Not opinions. Ten opinions kept almost three million people out of the promised land. Opinions. Oh, my opinions, we can't make it. Millions of people did not enter into the promised land because of wrong opinions. Well, I just don't believe the Bible really true. I just don't sure about that. And they'll talk you right out of, of, of believing God, of praying. 
Well, we prayed, it don't do any good. Don't pray. And so, and then last Sunday, we talked about, how about let's get it now? We prayed, we had four points, and at the end of each point, we prayed over people to be healed and well. Where's Rob Arnold at? He's hiding somewhere. Come on up here. Rob's going to testify. But I, I want to I talk, before he comes, I want to ask you this. How long, if you measure time, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, an hour, a day, 24, a year, how long is a twinkling of an eye? It's a half a second. You know, twinkling an eye is a measure of time. There, it's, it's a metaphor for a measure of time that Jesus will return in a twinkling of an eye. Blink your eye. Jesus, you open them up, Jesus could be here. That's quick, isn't it? So in Hebrews 11.1, 1, put our scripture up there right quick. The first word, now. Now faith is. Now. How long is now? But you know when we pray with the Lord, help me. And when I don't see it, and okay, well, okay, I'm just going to. God's going to help me someday. God's going to help me someday. Well, how about, you know, last Sunday I pushed for, how about now? How about we ask God for now? We, we think, well, you can't ask God like that. Yes, you can. Now. He says now, faith is. Right now. The woman touched the hem of his garment. Now she was whole. Huh? The leprous man came to Jesus. I mean, there's, there's, I gave all the scriptures. He healed them all. He healed them all. He couldn't heal anybody in his own hometown because they didn't believe in him, but he healed the leopard man right now. Blind Bartimaeus shouted, Lord, if you heal me, heal me. And he threw his coat off because he knew he was getting it right now. Now, let's have expectation when we pray. Come on up here, Rob. So we prayed over everybody, and people, wave at me if you got touched. The Lord did something for you last week. You here? Anybody? Over there on that side? Over there on that side? In the back, right here. I'm going to let him testify what happened. Um, <laughs> last week, uh, as Pastor Brett was, was, was talking about healing, um, I, I've always believed in healing. Um, and many times when, when we start talking about healing our bodies, uh, I immediately start praying for other people that I know that are healed. Uh, I feel I felt like I could handle my nicks and my dings. Um, but last week, uh, as I was out in the atrium, I was passing out um, some of the literature that we were handing out, just struggling with my back. I had back surgery about eight years ago, and off and on I will have just bouts where, you know, I, I know that I've got to head to the chiropractor. That's the only way that uh, <laughs> that I'm going to get out of the back pain that I'm in. And um, what you don't know is this past week I helped my son load and move everything into an apartment for he and his future wife. Uh, I cut up a tree this past weekend, but as I was out there, I was pacing around just battling with how, how am I going to do this? My back is absolutely killing me. And as we, as, as Pastor Brett started to pray about healing and, and accept of, accepting it and activating your faith that, that that healing is for you, I started to pray, God, I'm not going to be able to do this this week without you. Uh, and literally, I started feeling some tingling. Uh, I opened up my eye to look at my wife to see if something was going on. I was like, okay, well, I'm okay, I'm feeling something here. And literally, by the time we got done praying, the back pain that I was experiencing had completely gone away. 
God is good, right? Amen. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, the enemy will try and creep back into your, into your head. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times throughout the week lifting my son's sleeper sofa, which I think is an element of the devil, um, getting that into his apartment, I, my expectation was that I was going to have back pain and that I was going to have to call my chiropractor and say, hey, you know, get me set up. I'm coming in sideways. Um, but still today, my, my back feels as good as it has in eight years. So Amen. God is good. That's awesome. God is good. And so, so, you know, it's just believing and expecting. And it's in the Bible that they just believed God, expected God to do something, and he did it. And so, you know, and I told y'all last Sunday that my wife's aunt and uncle will be here, and he's, is it 11 years free of cancer or 12? 12 years. Hey. And, you know, he, he, he was taking chemotherapy, and, and it was doing worse probably than the cancer. But God healed him. They said, go home. You don't need anything else. Wasn't even halfway through. And so, so God is still in the, the miracle working business, healing business. I mean, Tony Buck fell with a sheet of plywood. It's awkward, and he twisted his neck, and he's like, man, look what God did. My neck's better. That was last Sunday. So have expectation. So this morning, I want you to have expectation for peace and joy and love be filled in your heart today, okay? So, so we're going we're gonna to dig in, but I want you, you know, now faith is suddenly. Can you expect God to suddenly do something in your life? You know, Jesus did it all the time when he was on the earth. And then he said, apostles, get ready. You're going to do the same thing I did. Are, are you a disciple? Are you a, you know what? The Bible says believers can, can pray for people. Believers, not pastors, believers. I have to be a believer first. Amen, amen. So, so, so let's dig in. Number one is shalom. We're going to talk about shalom and peace and uh and getting a right perspective. There's more to this than you can see. There were three bricklayers. There were three bricklayers. They were laying bricks, uh, going up and down and laying bricks. And so they asked him. One guy said, hey, what are you doing? He goes, we're laying bricks. And he went to the guy in the middle. He said, what are you doing? We're raising a wall. And he went to the third guy. He said, what are you doing? He goes, we're building a cathedral. There's always more. It's more than just, it's more than just laying bricks. Raising children is more than just getting them fed and getting them out of the house. And they will come back. No, it's all right. But, you know, it's all right. But you're raising, there's more to it. There's more to life in, than being just getting to go to heaven. Whew, I made it. I made it. You walk in with a gallon of salvation and you're supposed to have a robe of righteousness. You're supposed to be ready. You're supposed to go, go in with glory and not crawling in. Oh, hallelujah, I made it. We're supposed to go in with, with just excited about it. And we're supposed to live excited about Jesus. We're supposed to walk in these things. And, and maybe you hadn't, you know, shalom means peace. And maybe you haven't looked at it. We're going to tear the definition up just real good. And, and you know, they greeted each other in, in Israel, shalom. And a lot of times they walk in the house, Shalom Mishpokah, which is Shalom Peace Family. Turn Look at somebody and say, Shalom. That means peace on you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. An impartation. Shalom. You know? And, and so let's, let's, get, let's get into the Word. Let's get into it. I'm going to define this for you and help you out a little bit. 
In Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace is shalom. Or shalom is perfect peace. That's a, that's a number, that's number, that's another, you know, fill that out right there if you're filling out your sheet. It's perfect peace. Now, we kind of sense the room getting quiet. Do you have perfect peace? Well, Pastor, I, I got peace in this area, in this area, in this area, but over here, I'm struggling. You see, there's all kinds of distractions in this life. What's going on in Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan? What's going on in the Ukraine? What's going on in China? What's going on in Taiwan? What's going on in these United States of America? It's all to steal your peace. It's all to get you out of peace. How do you know that you're really in faith? If you pray for something and you don't receive it immediately, how do you know you're in faith for it? You have peace. On the inside. You can't walk around like a five-year-old moping. Y'all ever seen a kid do that? Arms are wobbling. They're moping because and they're not in faith. I've seen adults do that. And they say, well, I, I, I really am believing God. But no, you're not. You're moping. You're wallowing. Come on, face on top, not underneath. I've been, I've, I know how it is to wallow. I wallow too. I have to get up on top. And so as we look at this, listen to this. This is, is, is a definition for peace. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken. God wants you to have nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. The word peace in the Hebrew is shalom, which means wholeness. Everybody say wholeness. Peace is more than just, I just feel good. I got a good, easy feeling. Huh? Or, or peace, man. Or the beauty pageant queen goes, what do you really want? World peace. <laughs> We're not talking about all these things in the fringe. You know, our, our language is weak. We love ice cream. We love our, our, our grass cut. We love our trees. We love the mountain views. We love the ocean. We love the beach. We love our kids. We love our wife. And it's all the same. We count it all the same. And we do the same thing with peace. Peace is more. God's peace is greater than just peace, man. A high you can get from something, you know, that you take. But anyway, we don't have to explain that one, do we? The word peace or shalom encompasses health, security, good conditions, success, comfort, safety, happiness, wellness, wholeness, and soundness. It assures us that everything is all right. It gives us a sense of well-being and removes all concern. It tells us or we will come out of any circumstance unharmed. It is a picture of a harmonious state of soul, mind, and speaks fulfillment, satisfaction, and contentment. And there's quite a lot about this, this little word that we're talking about, peace or shalom. There's more to it. It's what salvation is. We'll go ahead and cheat, jump ahead. It's salvation. When you describe shalom like that, it's what God wants you to have when you're saved. To wish someone peace implies that you're speaking a blessing over them. It's a word that depicts wholeness in your spirit, in your mind, and your body. 
as well as relationships, finances, happiness. Okay, it pretty much covers it all. So since I described all that, go back to Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you who tr- because he trusts in you or he believes in you. So what's the qualifier to get peace? Got to keep your mind, your eye, your ear on what God is saying, what God is doing, and focus on God and not the, the problem. As a believer, you have a right to hear God's voice. Did you know that? You have a right to walk with God, fellowship with God, hear His voice, talk to Him. He'll talk to you. Have you ever just sit down and been still long enough for Him to talk to you? Lord, I need help. And now we're off, hoping God will bless what we're going to do. Isn't it the truth? I'm guilty too. Instead of just waiting on the plan, maybe walking instead of running. Huh? We take off, Lord, I need your help. Bless what I'm doing. And the Lord said, let's don't do that right now. Let's wait. Huh? Wait just a minute. We talked about that. It's okay to be in faith and wait, especially when you're trying to be led. Nowhere in the Word does it say Patrick's going to be an entrepreneur. Nowhere in the Bible it says that. Nowhere would it says that he will sell real estate. Nowhere does it say that you're going to be a CPA. Huh? You have to, be, you have to learn to be led to make decisions, okay? I, I believe God's leading me to do this. I believe God's directing my steps. And if I keep my focus on Him, even though I may make a wrong turn, He's going to say, back up and turn around. He'll go right here. Yeah. That's hearing God's voice. That's being led by God. That's being directed by God. So... So we read that. Now look at John 14, 27 with a different eye and a different ear. Look at what it says. Read it off there. Peace I leave. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace I give to you. Hey, hey, how many of you know there's trouble going on out here? There's trouble going on in Whitfield. There's trouble going on in Virginia. There's trouble going on in the United States. There's trouble. But I am giving you my wholeness, my peace, my strength, my calmness to hear my voice. Look at John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have trouble. There it is. And we have trouble. We have tribulation. How many of y'all praying against the tribulation? That the Bible said it's coming. Because we don't, you know, we Americans, we like our, our, we like our peace and happiness and joy. But trouble's coming. Trouble's coming. This is our foundation, the peace of God. Doesn't matter what happens. Did you know Jesus went without eating sometimes? Well, I got to have my three meals. If my wife don't have that on the table by 5 o'clock, then it's going to be something up. Well, Jesus didn't have a three meals a day. You'll survive when missing a meal. I know teenagers can't, but you know, hey, they just wallow on the ground and fall out. But you can survive. You know what? Trouble times may come. 
But God's going to provide. We're going to trust in the Lord our God. It doesn't matter what happens, what comes down the highway. We're going to serve the Lord, and we got to learn to start trusting Him now. Gasoline, $6. Where's it going to stop? Done that in two years. Is it going to 12 and two more? God's going to provide. You can gripe all you want, but that will not change your pocketbook, and it will not change gas going up. Griping doesn't change anything. Just makes it worse for you. We have got to step into the peace of God, and we have got to start believing Him, trusting in Him, relying upon Him. That's what faith is, to adhere to, trust in, and rely upon God no matter what. No matter what. Boy, it's quiet in here because, you know, you, you see the troubled times, and you've been griping about it. Me too, but we've got to quit. Because, you know, I don't generally gripe about it, but somebody, it's just good to join in with somebody and yeah. It is. We just, you know, it's contagious. You get around somebody that's this dog and everything, and you just, oh, yeah. You know, you get around somebody that's, that's smart elically, guess what? It rubs off on you, and you become smart elically. You got to change. So my peace, Jesus said, my peace, my heaven-sent peace belongs to you because you're a child of God. It's heaven-sent. And have expectation that God's going to meet every need, that God's going to take care of you. Jesus came to make you whole. Come on, if something's not whole in you, go after it. I, 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 when I called my mama and my brothers there, I said, I told you quit feeding him. He's like a stray cat. He keeps coming back. But the thing about it is, if something's not whole, you can't baby it. You, if, you, if you don't want that stray cat to stick around, you cannot feed it. My daughter started feeding one, and now she owns it. But too many people are owning bad things that don't belong to them. Do you hear me? Don't own that. Don't own that negative mouth. Don't own that negative you know, talk. Don't own that, that griping and complaining attitude. Get it out because it's stealing your wholeness. Yeah, hear me now. So. If you really take this word shalom, whatever's missing in your life, whatever that, that you think God's provided for you, it belongs to you. My peace I give to you. Come on, he said, it's, it's yours. Let me, let me stop just for a minute. When you start comparing yourself to other people, comparing your kids to other people, comparing your life to other things, comparing your life to what the world says it ought to be like, you're never going to have peace. You can't satisfy your flesh. There's no amount of money going to satisfy your flesh. No amount of drugs. That's why millionaires die of drugs all the time. They die of alcohol. They get killed in car wrecks. And I can call names, but I'm not. You just look and you see. And then no woman or no man can satisfy you. Only Jesus can. You know, I, I picked up my pastor's wife. She talking about Brad Pitt being a good-looking guy. Woo, look at him. I said, yeah, but... If Angelina and the other one couldn't satisfy him, you don't stand a chance, sister. I hate to tell you that. Ain't nothing going to satisfy him but Jesus. And you think about it. You got to think about that. You quit, you know, that gets you quit lusting. You know, the, the grass is not greener on the other side. You need to live your life that God put you with somebody or where you're at, whether you're single or what. You got to walk with peace. 
You're expecting somebody to bring you peace. The only person that can is Jesus. He's the only one that brings wholeness. Only one. Number two, salvation. And we're going to define it real quick. I know this is simple and basic, but you need to hear it. The Greek word for salvation is soul, sold, zo. It's S-O-Z-O, but it's pronounced S-O-D-Z-O, sozo. And I'm going to give you a definition for it in the Greek. You think, oh, I'm saved. And in our mentality, I'm a Baptist boy, robbed a Baptist boy, and, and your Baptist mentality or, or whatever is I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. <clears throat> but we just talked about what Jesus gave us with peace, and it's more than going to heaven. It's being whole. Body, spirit, and mind. Being whole. Jesus came and made people whole. He put them in their right mind. He healed their bodies. He, they got saved because of him. And so let's look at salvation real quick. It's quick. Nor is there, uh, uh, in Acts 4.12, it says, nor there's, is there any salvation in any other. There's no salvation in any other than Jesus. For there's no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Let's just go ahead and anchor that right quick. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. If you love Buddha, that's awesome. But Jesus is the only way to heaven. Why would God crucify Jesus on a cross if he was not the only way? He's the only way. And, and you know what? I'll pray for Buddhists. I've prayed for them before. I'll pray for whatever religion a person would be. But Jesus Christ is the way. And I have proved I know I know without a shadow of a doubt because I have his spirit living on the inside of me. He bears witness with me that I'm a child of God. You can have that assurance too. And you need that assurance. And you by faith grab a hold of that and ask God to be real. Come on. I played that game growing up. A devil would come and you know you're not saved. You know you're not saved. Why are you trying to do good? Everybody in your family is an alcoholic. Not everybody was, but one side was. But he's trying to bring up, you know, why are you trying to be good? Why are you trying to live for God? Why are you trying to do that? You know you're not saved. Well, I, I was saved. But he's trying to talk me out of my salvation. Don't let him do that. Come on, shore it up. Get it real. Build your foundation today. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. No matter what, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus empowered us with his spirit. To dwell on the inside of us. I'm a child of God. Amen. Are you a child of God? Yeah. If you don't sure, you need to get sure today. Amen. Yeah. Come on, because there's things that God has for you that you, 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 you can't do anything for God if you don't know who you are. Right. We have a life group on Wednesday night at Tammy's house talking about who we are. It's not too late to join. We need to know who we are. And so in Romans 10, 10, for with the heart one believes the righteousness, with the mouth uh, confession is made unto salvation. That's how you get everything. You ask God. You believe in your heart that you find a promise in the Scripture, and you believe God for Him to provide it. And if you can't believe, you get some people to pray with you till you can believe. So salvation. What is it? To save? To keep safe and sound? 
to rescue from danger or destruction, to save a suffering one from perishing, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to deliver one from the penalties of judgment. And that's where we want to rest. I'm, all, I'm saved. I'm not going to be in judgment. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. But it's more. Okay? Salvation is to make one whole. Does it sound familiar? Spirit, soul, and body. Salvation is eternal. Past, present, and future. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did 2,000 years ago is still viable, is still real today. Because, see, I wasn't there, but he's still my champion. He's still my champion. He died 2,000 years ago to make a way for me to get to heaven. He's my champion. So he's my peace. He's my salvation. You see the correlation between salvation and peace? It's everything. Mind. If you're mind, if you deal with torment every night, you lay down, that's not in your salvation package. If you're afraid to sleep at night, that's not in your salvation package. You know what I'm talking about, a salvation package? You, if you go to work at Gatorade, they have a package for you. They have a 401k. They got insurance. They pay you this much an hour. It's all in the package, right? Your job may, have, may or may not have a package deal, but you can get your own. But salvation comes. That's why we start off with Psalms 103, 1 through 5, every Sunday. I'm trying to tell you what's in your package. Hold your hands out and get your package out. Come on. So, so, so put Psalms 103. Uh, let's just start at verse 3. 103 verse 3. Who forgives all our sins, iniquities. Hey, who heals all our diseases. I'll take that too. I want that. I want my sins forgiven. I want him to heal my diseases. Come on, next verse. Verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction. Okay, I'm going to avoid some car wrecks. I'm going to avoid, uh, you know, if the building collapses, we're not going to be in here. Okay? You can have access. Psalms 91. Who, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God abides under the shadow of the Almighty. And he will say of the Lord, he's my God, my fortress, and him do I trust. He delivers me from the snare. You know what a snare is? You can catch a coyote in a snare. You can catch birds with snare. And the devil's trying to catch you in a snare. Jesus told Peter he wants to sift you like wheat. Well, he can't have any part of you in Jesus' name. And so he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Do you want loving kindness and tender mercy? Of course. I want it, but we need it so much that we're giving it out. Hey, you got to be full of it. This is in your package that you have a right to be full of loving kindness and tender mercy. <coughs> How many of you know the devil wants to steal your loving kindness and your tender mercy? You know, he'll have you growling at people in Walmart that they bumped your buggy or got the last quart of milk you was wanting to get. And now you've, you know, you just all fizzled out. Fired up, went to church, and they took my milk. <laughs> Don't be so easy to be knocked over. Yeah. Come on, it's too easy for the devil to get you and to get you out of faith and out of peace and, and, and you to walk around defeated. It ought not be that easy for the devil to defeat you. If he, and, and definitely if he's not bothering you, then you're walking with him. 
You need to turn around and walk towards Jesus because he's always going to be after you. And the things he used to bother me with, he don't bother me with them no more because I got the victory over them. But there are things that he'll crop up. They still crop up because it's our flesh. And we have to deal with our flesh. But he's coming after you. He's trying to sift you. And he wants, we want this loving kindness. Verse 5. Or did I not give us verse 5? Where are we at? Yeah, verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. How about put some good things in your mouth? And I'm not talking food. I'm talking about the Word of God. You put the Word of God in your mouth and pray it and speak it and live it and walk in it and declare it. How many of you don't have kids? You need to be praying over the kids you're going to have. And how many of you have kids? You need to be speaking good things over them. You stupid idiot. I can't believe you did that. People do that. My daughter's playing ball and, and a girl missed a, a grounder. And the parent jumps up, you got to catch those. Embarrass her in front of everybody. And my daughter goes, if she's too stupid to know she's not supposed to catch those, maybe she don't need to be out here. But that's the point. Kid knows they're supposed to catch the ball. What kind encouraging is that? When you mess up and somebody's going to dog you out for messing up, that's not coaching. That's not parenting. I'm just going out there a little bit now. I know you go. Y'all don't do that, but you see people who do. And don't you ever do that to your child. Teach them. Encourage them. You got this? It's life that we're talking about. Sports are not to make a living at like you see on TV. Sports are to teach you about life. You're going to lose some. You're going to win some. But you're going to stay in there and fight. You're going to walk through life. And we're going to have peace as we do. And we're going to walk in our salvation. Tough times are coming, but it's time for the children of God to rise up. The Bible has a lot to say about the children of God in the last days. Are you going to be some of those? Are you going to be the ones that cower off and want to go live in a cave somewhere? I know where there's some caves I can point you to, but God hasn't called you to live in a cave. God's called you to let your light so shine and be the salt of the earth and to stand in the gap and to pray for the Ukraine and pray over uh, Iraq or whoever. Pray over Virginia. You better be. We better be praying over Whitfield, Virginia, our United States. We're supposed to be a people of prayer. And it's not always getting on your knees in an altar somewhere. It's going down the road. Father, I thank you that you just bless Virginia today. You bless our governor. You bless all the, 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 the representatives that we have. Judges, Lord, bless them. Circuit court judges all around. We, it's time for us to be people of prayer because we have the goods. And, and if you don't have peace, you're not, y'all, you're praying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. He wants to help you change. So, I got this video, and we're going to watch it. It's pretty long, but I want you to listen to it. It's about God wanting to help you. Go ahead and play this video for us. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. And a pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. 
And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that. Yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, Tell we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said... I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. 
He said, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're gonna make it, but listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning, the knock at my door. And I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're gonna stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. A living sacrifice, holy. Isn't that awesome? So God's speaking to get us through. We need to get our focus back. Last scripture, Romans 8, 32. 
He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not freely give us all things? If God sent Jesus to be our sacrifice, the Bible says he'll withhold no good thing from us. Number one is he wants you walking in salvation. And I mean walking in it and living it. So I want you to bow your heads today. There are people in here, I want to know, do you know Jesus? Do you really know him? If you've never accepted him, just lift your hand and say, I want to accept Jesus today. But maybe you're here and you, you got saved a long time ago and you know it's just kind of, I'm going to heaven and I'm glad I am, but you know what? There's more. I realize there's more. There's more to my life, more to my walk, more than I could do with God, for God, that I could be that living sacrifice. If that's you, would you just lift your hand real quick? Yeah, I see that hand and that hand, that hand. I see your hands. And that's what God's calling us to do, to live for Him, to be solid, to be the one to go to. Be that go-to person for everybody around you that's hurting and struggling. When somebody has a need, they're going to you because you're solid. You're ready. Because God does want to use you. He does have a plan for you. He does have a purpose for you. It's more than just living and dying. And going to heaven, it's taking people with you and standing in the gap for people that never give up. Bulldog faith. You're going to serve God, live for God. Let's all pray this together. Say, Father, today I believe more and more that Jesus is the Son of God. Thank you, Father, for giving me your spirit, that inward voice to lead and guide me in business, in family, in life. Direct my steps. Make yourself known to me and through me to others. Thank you, Lord, that you stir in my life like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.